Volcanoes. Earthquakes. Glaciers. And tsunamis. All a part of Alaska's geology. Mother Nature's natural hazards explained. Welcome to the Fault in the Facts. I'm Michaela Clark. Here we talk about the truth and history of Mother Nature and explain her natural hazards. In the last episode, we talked about Latuya Bay, which is home to the world's tallest tsunami. In 1958, an earthquake triggered a landslide which fell into the water, creating a big wave. In this episode, we're going to talk about a different landslide. It fell into the water in the last decade, creating a big tsunami. Through the stories of people who have a personal connection to the geology and with the help of experts, we'll answer the question, can what happened in Latuya Bay happen in South Central Alaska? You're a research scientist with the USGS Alaska Volcano Observatory. What makes you an expert with landslides and tsunamis? I've been working in the USGS Landslide Hazards Program for 17 years. I started working on post-fire debris flows. Uh, after a fire, there's heavy rain that can create a debris flow. Uh, I did science that we used to, to better understand the hazard and develop an early warning system. Many of those same techniques are required up here in Alaska, looking at large landslides that have the potential to generate a tsunami. Can something like what happened in Lutuya Bay happen in South Central Alaska? Yeah, there's plenty of opportunities for a similar type of event in Latuya Bay here in South Central Alaska. We know of a number of instabilities in Prince William Sound that could potentially fail catastrophically and make a large wave. The run-up from the 1958 tsunami in Latuya Bay was 1,720 feet. Of the landslides being studied in South Central Alaska, is there potential to rival that size? We haven't constrained the volume of a large number of the landslides that we are aware of that are out there. And volume is important in determining the run-up. Uh, but we do know of some landslides that are at least the size of Latuya Bay, if not significantly larger. Geologist Brettwood Hig Higman spends a lot of his time studying landslides. He explains there's a difference from how high a tsunami wave gets compared to a tsunami's run-up. That word is the height that the water actually reached going up the mountainside. That's very, very dependent on exactly the slope that the tsunami is hitting. At Latuya Bay, everything was perfect to throw that water so incredibly far up the slope. It wouldn't surprise me if we don't break that record anytime soon. Although it's possible, it's, it's not out of the question. South Central Alaska has seen many landslides over the years, and recently at least one has plunged into the water, triggering a large tsunami. It was in Icy Bay's Ton Fjord. I mean, it was just a, a beautiful, you know, mountain. that's <laughs> uh, right at the base of Mount St. Elias. Ton Fjord's steep mountainside let go of 80 million cubic yards of land in October 2015. It's hard to describe. It's just like truly jaw-dropping, uh, the magnitude, uh, the change. Icy Bay Lodge fishing guide Michael York was inside the lodge when that massive piece of earth fell into the water, creating a tsunami that splashed more than 600 feet up the fjord walls. Nothing, you know, could have survived if there was an eyewitness. Um, pretty massive. The best way to, to describe it, I think, is just somebody took a mountain and cleaved it in half. Um, you know, the, the first year or two afterwards, there was a lot of, um, you know, the, uh, I mean, you could smell it, like you could smell the earth 
The violent waves took out about eight square miles of forest. There's like a perfect line of, of trees that just disappeared, peninsulas wiped clean, um, and, and then the actual you know, scar on the mountain. It's just something that if you don't see in person, it's, um, you know, it's hard to describe. It was like our own little Latuya Bay, I guess. That barely scratches the surface of the 1958 Latuya Bay tsunami's run-up, but it has an interesting story behind it, and it helps build knowledge of landslide-triggering tsunamis. While York was inside Icy Bay Lodge, when the land fell into the fjord, two moose hunters were standing outside. I remember them running in and saying, man, there's something going on out here, it's loud. Um, but it had been raining, it was windy, and just the worst southeast weather for like, <laughs> like all month. He brushed it off. He didn't think anything of it. Until months later, when a scientist called to ask about the geologic event. And, and let us know that there had been an event. And I said, oh yeah, okay, maybe. Um, but otherwise, we, we never would have known. York and the hunters may have been the closest people to Mother Nature's show of force, but the Tonford landslide was first discovered by someone outside of Alaska. The reason it was initially discovered is that there was someone at Columbia University, you know, a quarter of the way around the world, who was analyzing uh, seismic data. Some time ago, I wrote some computer codes to try to find earthquakes that have a different, that that have different characteristics than normal earthquakes. Earthquake seismologist Euron Ekstrom says normal earthquakes usually start with a sharp jolt, also known as a P wave. And there has been uh, the idea that there are things called slow earthquakes that don't start as sharply as most earthquakes do. Ekstrom uses the program he wrote to look around the world for this kind of seismic wave that indicates a landslide. He says he usually gets about 10 pings a day. He manually analyzes each one, which are usually just earthquakes. But occasionally then there is a detection that no one else has found. So the Tanfjord one was unusual in that my detection was big. Ekstrom says it registered as the equivalent of a magnitude 4.9 quake. And he says no agencies that detect earthquakes had a record of it. So he dug deeper into the data. So I was not at all sure of anything. Uh, you know, when you only have the seismic data, you can only be so <laughs> convinced that you're saying, seeing something. So he called in fellow geologist Colin Stark. Initially, we found nothing. Uh, and then he started looking at satellite imagery. Stark helps pinpoint where the millions of cubic yards of land slid off the fjord walls and found a nearby tidal gauge. He thought he saw a small signal that could have been like a wave uh, in the ocean. They asked the experts to take high-resolution satellite imagery. We saw initially that this landslide had come down onto the glacier and into the fjord. And then soon thereafter, on the more detailed imagery, it was clear that it had generated this absurd um, run-up, right, uh, on the other side. And also downtown fjord, where these huge trees were just down for kilometers downstream. Ekstrom says it's exhilarating to be part of finding a large landslide and tsunami in Alaska. It's like a rush. I, I, I find that very exciting to 
initially be perhaps the only person to know that something dramatic like this has happened. A natural phenomenon of epic proportions. It's just exciting to learn about the Earth as a dynamic place where something has happened, and I may be the first person to know about it. Is only uncovered as a lone scientist thousands of miles away digs into the data. This is the best kind of natural disaster, right? It was really big and dramatic, but it happened where there were no people. But how does this landslide and tsunami compare to 1958's giant and deadly show of Mother Nature? The Latuya Bay landslide produced a tsunami that had a much greater run-up than the Tonfjord landslide. Uh, in Latuya Bay, it was on the order of 1,700 feet, and Tonfjord is on the order of 600 feet. The Tonfjord landslide was 80 million cubic yards, while the landslide in Latuya Bay was half the size. There's so much to tell you about landslide hazards in South Central Alaska that this episode will be split into two. In the second half, you'll hear about a landslide in Prince William Sound that's looming over the deep fjord waters of Barry Arm, threatening to let loose and create a massive tsunami and its potentially deadly force. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Fault in the Facts.